from WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Kayla McCluskey. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, Athens adjusts to its plastic bag ban in grocery stores. It's an inconvenience we're willing to deal with if this is something that is actually benefiting the environment. And Free Faraday highlights Ohio Loves Transit Week. I talked with her told her where our stops were going to be. She told me where she needed to go. I made sure that, you know, to let her know that we had it all under control. She would get there. These stories and more right here on The Outlet. Grocery stores in Athens no longer have plastic bags after the city's ban. Outlet reporter Reese Thompson speaks with residents about the change. Out with plastic bags and in with paper bags. All grocery stores citywide are filled with paper bags at the checkout since the new year. But one local store, Kindred Market, was ahead of the game using recyclable carriers since opening in 2019. Founder Riley Kennard says getting rid of plastic bags now are more important than ever to keep the city clean. Sometimes it feels like it's already too late, which is terribly depressing, but you know, we got we have to do something, and this is something. Now that paper bags are a reality for Athens, consumers are forced to adjust their regular grocery store run. Nobody likes change, so we all know that this country definitely does not like change. While Athens is being more environmentally friendly with paper bags, some residents say that the bags are not supportive enough to carry heavier groceries. There's no handles. I mean, I think we all are like one trip kind of people. We like to load them up and go. One local says he's seen his wife struggle the most. The mother of my children, my girlfriend, she's 110. 10-pound little South African Indian girl, it is absolutely harder um, to tote out a bunch of paper bags. But Summers says the ecological benefits of using paper are worth the hassle. It's an inconvenience we're willing to deal with if this is something that is actually benefiting the environment. City Service Safety Director Andrew Chickey says the community's devotion to sustainability drive the ban. I view this as a continuation of uh, a lot of the things that we've been talking about for for a long time. Reporting for the outlet, I'm Reese Thompson in Athens. To celebrate Ohio Loves Transit Week, Hawking Athens Perry Community Action Program and the city offered a free fair day. Outlet reporter Rosie Wong has more on what officials hope for the future of public transportation. Mobility coordinator Ben Ziv hops onto the Line 2 bus with us to talk about the hopes of Free Fair Day. So this is sort of a chance for people to get to experience that and then hopefully utilize it in a more frequent sort of basis throughout the year. An average of 1,600 riders hop on Athens public transit buses every day. And for those new to the system, driver Rhonda Gabrielle is there to help soothe the nerves of new passengers, like she did for one new passenger just a couple of days before Free Fair Day. I talked with her, told her where our stops were going to be. She told me where she needed to go. I made sure that, you know, to let her know that we had it all under control. She would get there. While Athens Transit is hoping to get more people riding the bus, the system is facing some challenges. Athens Public Transit has eight active lines now, eight buses total, but only 10 to 15 drivers. Driver shortages is a big one. Um, it's just hard to find CDL drivers with the necessary experience. And Rhonda says that leads to another problem. We have a driver that calls off due to illness. Then we have to shut a route down, which affects everyone then on that particular route. 
Ziff said COVID is one of the reasons that caused this driver shortage. Normally they would have requirements to be riding with somebody else, like an actual you know, driver for their training, but they weren't doing that because of COVID for what was like almost a year, it was a long time. So there was a big gap in drivers getting trained and they're sort of playing catch up. However, Ziff said the funding for 2025 for HAPCAP will be a crucial step to figure out how the organization can recruit more qualified drivers. The bus routes run through Athens, Albany, Nelsonville, The Plains, and Chansey. Reporting for The Outlet, I'm Rosie Wong in Athens. Athens City Council passed a resolution calling for a ceasefire between Hamas and Israel. The outlet's Jack Green speaks with city residents about the first-of-its-kind measure. So, Caleb, this resolution calls for an immediate ceasefire between Israel and Hamas as they fight against each other in Gaza as violence continues to escalate in that region. Many supporters of the resolution around here believe that the U.S. should not be funding this war and feel guilty as taxpayers that they are funding this because the U.S. does support Israel. They want to see something happen about the violence and they want to see it to end as soon as possible. So the resolution was first discussed by residents at a council meeting about three weeks ago there a lot of residents showcase their support for the resolution like i said because they believe the violence in gaza is unjust and horrific then the week after that so last week the council put forward the resolution and finally the council was able to discuss the resolution now a legal opinion from the city's law director's office by the assistant law director cautioned the council that they shouldn't necessarily pass this i mean this is the first resolution that athens city council has ever passed focusing on foreign or national issues and the assistant law director for the city says that could set a precedent for other resolutions to come forward that could take time away from council and council members alan swink and solveig spionez echoed those sentiments saying that you know Resolutions are mainly focused on local issues and taking up resolutions that pertain to foreign affairs takes away time that the city could be focusing on issues that are affecting the local population here and now. And what does the city of Athens along with city council want to see from this resolution being passed? So, I mean, it ultimately depends on what council member you ask, to be quite honest. Council members all said that they believe that the violence in Gaza is horrific and it is very troubling. But depending on what they want this resolution to do, I mean, ultimately they do hope that state and federal officials listen to the city and maybe take that into account. Some people hope that this will allow for the city to kind of start discussing some of these issues that are facing the city, not just at a local level, but at an international level. I mean, all of us have Instagram, all of us have Twitter, and we all kind of see what is going on in Gaza. And it's very common for you to be scrolling and see an article or any video. So it's become a local issue, as some supporters have said, that because they see this going on, that it's become a local issue. So the council hopes that this is a way for them to address the situation. A new resolution that's going to be put forward by Councilmember Micah McCary next week is going to help the city kind of go about this uncharted territory now that they've passed this resolution and a new precedent has been set. So now it'll kind of help the city council look at these national and international issues and kind of help them figure out how to navigate it. That was reporter Jack Green with WOUB Public Media. You can find more about Jack's story on WOUB's website at woub.org.
Harshita Singhania, a reporter for The Post, recently reported on an Ohio University alum raising money to rescue her family from Gaza. So uh, Samar Alkdor pursued her master's degree from uh, Ohio University and graduated in 2019. She's raising money for her only sister, Saham, and Saham's two children and Saham's husband as well to rescue them out of Gaza. Summer also is in Canada right now where she sought asylum after graduation with her two younger kids and her husband. Yeah, and then how much money does Summer want to raise to rescue her family members? So Summer's goal is of about 33,000 U.S. dollars. She's raising in Canadian dollars, but comes down to 33,000 U.S. dollars. She was originally raising money for about five people, but her eldest daughter, Jana, passed away earlier in January. Now she's raising about 33,000 U.S. dollars for four people to go to Egypt and then fly to Canada. And then... Why does Summer want to rescue her family members from the conditions in Gaza? Her family members, uh, some Sehem and everyone, are currently displaced in Gaza. They don't have a roof or um, food, water, or toilet access. They're living in tents. And this has been happening because of the situation that escalated in October because of attacks on both sides of the border. She's been trying to rescue them long before the attacks started. But ever since then, the situation has worsened and she's really worried about her family members. So where can people go to donate to help with Summer's goal? People can uh, do a simple Google search with Summer Alkthor's name and type GoFundMe and the first search result should be her GoFundMe page. Otherwise, her GoFundMe is also linked in my story um, for the post. That was Harshita Singhanya from The Post. This segment is part of a collaboration between Ohio University's longest-running independent student-run newspaper and WOUB Public Media. The reporting was done by The Post and the audio is brought to you by the production team at WOUB. To read Harshita's full story, visit thepostathens.com. Record temperatures could hit Southeast Ohio at the end of this month. WOUB lead forecaster Emily Dietz explains the warmer weather's impact. You were definitely right about that snow prediction because we definitely got a little bit of snow on Friday and that just led into Saturday and now it is starting to clear up. But what can you tell about the weather for the upcoming weekend and the rest of next week? For sure. Well, I definitely enjoyed the little bit of snow, went on a little winter hike. But yeah, this week is definitely going to be shifting a bit. Uh, Even earlier this week, so Tuesday and Wednesday, we're going to see temperatures about the 50s and 60s. So definitely a big warm up. And then Thursday and Friday, that's when we're going to see a bit of a rainy day. So make sure to grab your raincoat, grab your umbrella, uh, unpack it from whatever box you put it in because uh, we're seeing that spring start to happen a little bit. We're kind of in that weird February-March stage where we have first spring, then like third winter, and then second (laughs) spring, you know, uh, as we're all like just shifting around and just makes everybody confused and annoyed. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but. Yeah, it's annoying just because you have to like go from a coat to hoodies to even like shorts eventually one of these days. I know with March coming up, we might get like a 60, 70 degree day, but that's for a later prediction. So 
For sure, yeah. It's definitely irritating. You know, you step out in the morning, you're like, okay, I've got a morning class, got to dress warm, and then after that, uh, it's going to get hotter throughout the day. But, yeah, we'll definitely see some warming temperatures uh, later this week. So Friday, we're looking at 51 degrees, about-ish outside, and then that's when the rain will start to slow down a little bit in that afternoon time frame. And Saturday and Sunday, uh, that rain's going to clear out, so that'll be good for us. But it will just be partly cloudy outside, so any outdoor activities... Uh, the ground might just still be a little damp from that rain, but we'll see some sun start to poke out, a little bit of warming on Sunday, so Sunday will be warmer than our Saturday. And then Monday and Tuesday, that's when we're going to see the biggest warming that we have. We're going to be close to 70 degrees on Tuesday, uh, but we will be seeing some more showers, and that's actually going to carry over into Wednesday. So we're going to be seeing a pretty big low-pressure system starting to move in that will be bringing a lot of rain and even some scattered thunderstorms possible on Wednesday. And we're looking at a little under an inch of rain, so expect some heavy rain for Tuesday and Wednesday, especially if you live in that flood-prone area. And it is going to be a wet week starting off next week. Ohio University basketball has hit some roadblocks in the MAC SBC Challenge. Sports director Aiden Crowley breaks down how the teams can bounce back. But let's jump into women's basketball first. What can you tell us about their previous game? Yeah, Caleb, like we talked last time, they are in a little bit of a rut right now, and it didn't get any easier for this team when they welcomed Ball State into town, the number one team in the MAC who has just been destroying opponents this year, lighting up the box score. And Ohio held their own in this game Saturday, February 17th at the Convo. They were up at halftime by 9, 40 to 31, and they were kind of winning a little sloppy. They were holding Ball State in check on the offensive floor, forcing tough shots. They were playing a game that played to their advantage, which was a little sloppier. You know, we're going to win ugly, but hey, we're going to hold them in check. It was a different story in the second half. Ball State came roaring back. They started hitting some tough shots. A big third quarter from the Cardinals. They outscored Ohio 25-13 to and ultimately pulled away for a 75-60 win. And when speaking with Bob Bolden after the game, he said it was the best first half, the best half he's seen from his team this season, but they just have to find a way to sustain it. When you're up 17 against the top team in the MAC, you've got to find a way to close that door, especially with the MAC tournament looming. But it really just came down to the physicality for Ball State. They out rebounded Ohio 46 to 28 on the glass, and they shot 38 free throws in this game and made 30 of them. So you could tell who the aggressor was in this game. It was Ball State, and ultimately, that's what helped them push them over the Bobcats. And it doesn't really get any easier. This is kind of a gauntlet right now for Ohio. They take on Kent State Wednesday night, February 21st. And Kent State, only two conference losses this year. They're second in the MAC. So they're going to have to find a way to sustain these little bursts that they've shown throughout the season for all four quarters. And this is a team that can compete like we've seen against Ball State. They were up 17 at one point, but we got to stay consistent. Yeah, definitely want to see some improvement from them, but... Season is still not over yet, so there's still room for improvement. But let's shift over to men's. How did their last two games go? Yeah, Caleb, uh, I know at this point in the season, you don't want to take moral victories away, especially like I mentioned with the MAC tournament looming, where we have less than a third of the regular season remaining. But Ohio went up to Toledo Friday, February 16th, and they only lost that game by two. Toledo is historically one of the toughest places to play in the MAC. 
and Ohio was competitive throughout, and they had a chance to take the lead late. Miles Brown had a really good look from three to go up one point really late into that ballgame. Unfortunately, the shot didn't drop, and Toledo's guy was able to hit the shot. Dante Maddox, he's the guy they always turn to late. He hit a clutch step back three that put them over the top, and from there, Ohio was just trying to play catch up in that last minute. He finished with 21 points in that one, and like I mentioned, the final score, 85-83 to 83 in favor of the Rockets. And it's a trend here recently in these last three games. Head coach Jeff Bowles has pointed this out. In games where it's tight or the Bobcats are struggling, they just simply aren't defending well. They gave up 100 against Arkansas State, 85 against Toledo, and things definitely changed when we got back to the convo Tuesday, February 20th against Kent State holding the Golden Flashes to only 57 points in a 63-57 to win, which was huge for the Bobcats. You felt them maybe sliding a tiny bit after back-to-back losses, and right in the middle of the MAC, it was a spot where you had to pick up a win in a crucial moment with Kent State kind of breathing down your neck. They were one spot behind the Bobcats, and they were able to win in a massive spot. And this, again, was a tale of two halves a little bit. Kent State held Ohio in check, specifically Jalen Hunter in the first half. They did a great job of making things difficult. Kent State went into the half up 33-27, to but Ohio held Kent State to just 24 points in the second half. A total team effort in that final half. And Miles Brown missed that shot at Toledo, and he made it against Kent State. With 18 seconds left, Ohio was up one. Miles Brown hit the dagger to put this one away. And it was a scene at the end of the game with the fans. Everybody was excited. Coach Bowles was up hyping the crowd. You could tell how much this meant for this team in this moment. They needed the win, and they got it. And now down the stretch, it's just about stacking these wins up and maintaining that momentum. They'll travel to Northern Illinois February 24th on Saturday. And then the big one next week that a lot of people have circled on their calendar against the Akron Zips at home on Tuesday, February 27th, but you can't overlook Northern Illinois. You got to show up still ready to play, but understanding the moment, what's at stake, they jump up to the four spot in the MAC tournament, and they're hunting for that three seed. They need to most likely win out because they don't play Central Michigan twice this year, but they have an opportunity to with the way that they're playing here late, and it comes from everybody. Hunter's been phenomenal, But even the unsung guys like Aiden Hathaway and A.J. Sheldon have been great for the Bobcats, and that's been the difference in these wins and losses that we've seen late. So Coach Bull said after the game he's really happy where his team's at right now, and why wouldn't you be with a big win against a rival that they haven't had a regular season series sweep since 2013. So big win for Ohio. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is produced each week by me, Kayla McCleskey. We're edited by Tish Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Enjoy our show? Tell a friend to give us a listen. They can subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts, or find us online at woub.org. They can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore woub and Instagram at Newswatch underscore W-O-U-B. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.